Like, yeah, just, yeah just, not, you, unless you're going to a place riddled with cholera. You right, know? yeah, don't go to a gas station and pass them around, but, you know, you're probably fine <laughs> otherwise, so that was good to know. Like we, yeah, we're we're gonna leave him on the counter next to the hot dog warmer at a sheets. And, it's uh, what Jesus would have done. It's what Jesus would have done. Well, what what Mary would have done with Jesus? I have to assume. <laughs> I mean, she was a teen mother. She know, was, a, yeah, she, yeah. She didn't have. You think she had her shit together? She did not. She did not. She did not. She was, she was marrying uh, some carpenter dude. She was uh, banging mighty deities like. Just like there are no consequences to that. No consequences. None. You're saying there's there's a, a immaculate conception. I'd say it's just a godly condom that happened to break. It's true. It's true. Every everybody gets unlucky, even God. Everybody gets unlucky, even God. Yeah. And you know who else is unlucky? <laughs> Who's that? Hey there, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And on today's show, we're doing our Game of the Year episode. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you who's unlucky. Anyone who isn't on these lists. Anyone who is not on these lists. And boom. You know what? Phil and I are giving you a bunch of games to check out today, basically. Oh, yeah. Because uh, our lists this year did not overlap as much as they did last year. I was really, so I really thought this year was going to be worse because we did yeah. play a lot more games uh, at the same time, uh, the same yeah. kind of games. Uh, and, and we went through the list together and, and it's just a few. I was genuinely shocked. Just a few. Um, yeah, I think there was, uh, I think there was probably a bunch of, I don't know. I don't know why it was. I was on a real horror kick this year, but you're always on a horror kick too. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I, I was too, but let me see. Hold on. One, two, three. You know, and not as many of them as you'd think are horror games. There are a couple of horror adjacent ones. They're kind of, if you squint your eyes. Anyway, yeah. So you were saying something about games uh, and yes. how we play them. And yes. Almost all the games on my list are horror games, with, with the exception of One, two, three. Baldur's got, Gate Three. I've got four definite horror games, and like one or two that are adjacent that have yeah. some moments. Right. Uh, yeah, for as many horror games as I played this year, because you're right, I, I that's that is kind of my bailiwick. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's surprising. I hadn't even thought about it until now. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate Three has horror elements in it. Yes, um, without question. And so does Pizza Tower. Um, mm. But other than that, you know. But wait, are you saying Pizza Towers on your list? I'm I don't remember you being that pumped about that one. I be yeah. terrible. We like. We have fun. We have fun. We have fun. We have fun here. We have fun here. We have fun here. <laughs> so let's put all these twenty bodies. We got twenty bodies here, and we got to put them all in a march. We're we're like we're like a speaking of pizza. We're like a, a guy at an Italian restaurant, and we're like whoa, and we're balancing like. <laughs> stacks of pizza <laughs> we're like a waiter and there's like a guy there's a couple of guys with like they're moving like yeah. glass yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The and, and for some reason and there's and an old like, woman oh. with a fruit stand like a little there's fruit a, cart yeah there's uh, there's a cat it's just running around and there and actually is a cat that's running around she just there is a cat on my lap so <laughs> she does not waste any time thank you ripley 
welcome. She's like, oh, the camera's on. I'll be right over. I'll be right over. Would you like an extra 20 pounds on your lap? Here we go. Pretty much. Lord, she's gotten big. (laughs) And now she's got her winter coat and everything. She is Uh, just... It's just all all fat and fluff. I know. I know. But that's what we love about her. (laughs) No fat shaming in this family. We can't. (laughs) It's... It's not definitely, that. <laughs> definitely wouldn't make any sense. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to put these bodies in the marsh and kick things off with number 10. The cops are saying he's a cop. So I won't look for the cop. Phil, what is your 10th best game of the year? My number 10 for this year is Micro Civilization, which... Now, this one is kind of weird, a weird choice for me, not because of what it is, which is a clicker 4X game, because that actually fits my bill just fine. Uh, But the fact that it's an early access game and in fact, like really early access, like uh, I think the last patch was like 0.6 or something along those lines. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, is there is so much content in there already. They're doing so many things right with it. Um, it's satisfying. It's fun. I love the art style in it. Um, Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a really nice way to while away you know, an hour or two while you're listening to podcasts and still feel like you're getting something done. Uh, it isn't like one of those clicker games that you could just leave it alone and, and it takes care of itself. It's definitely not that. You have to, sure. uh, you really do need to pay attention to it. Um, and, uh, and, and the stuff that they ask you to pay attention to is genuinely interesting, uh, a lot of fun, and it hits a lot of the same, uh, buttons that any great 4X, uh, will do in terms of research and leaders and even wonders and stuff like that. So for all of my Civ fans out there, uh, this is a really enjoyable one. Uh, I, I, I don't have one. But I imagine that this would be a hell of a lot of fun on the Steam Deck, uh, oh, you know, on, on a plane yeah. or on a car, uh, you know, a, a, a you know a car trip, preferably when you're not driving, uh, or or just hanging out and watching a movie or something at the end of the evening. I, I I could see where this would be very entertaining for that. So I was weird with the idea of it being this in early access and putting it on the list, but I can't ignore the fact that I've pumped a lot of time into this one. Uh, and so on number 10, it goes. So Kevin, what is, uh, what is your number 10? My number 10 is the aforementioned pizza tower. Pizza tower. Pizza tower is a platformer in the mold of Wario, um, the Wario land games. So if you don't know, especially in the later, I want to say, I'm not a Wario expert, hot cider, (laughs) Uh, is a Wario expert. So if you want to learn more about Wario, go to his YouTube channel. He has several videos on the topic. <laughs> uh, but uh, I believe it was in Wario Land 3 or 4, there was a mechanic introduced where you have to, you go through the level one, in one direction, right? You have to collect things, get a high score, and then you get to the end of the level and you hit a switch and the level starts basically like, collapsing and falling apart and it's like a it's like a little you know the metroid self-destruct sequence at the end of every metroid game it's like that but every level so you hit the switch and now you have to backtrack your way out of the level basically speed run back out of the level um in a way so that you uh get out of there before the timer hits zero 
So that's Pizza Tower in a nutshell. You play as, what is his, uh, it's some really uh, Pizza Tower uh, guy name. Pizza Pasta? No, his name's Peppino. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Peppino. I'm glad they showed some restraint. Some, some restraint. Some. You play as uh, Peppino, who is this real twitchy uh, pizza pizza maker. He is uh, in danger of being run out of business because uh, this entity um, named, I believe it's, yeah, it's Pizza Head or Pizza Face uh, has built a tower, a pizza tower that is overshadowing his restaurant. So, <laughs> So Peppino Spaghetti has to, <laughs> has to <laughs> wait. Is that seriously his last name? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, great, pe- pe- great. Um, hold on, Peppino Spa Spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. His name's Pepino Spaghetti. Pepino um, Spaghetti. Anyway, so basically, basically the the art style looks as if it's been drawn in MS Paint, um, but it's 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 so well animated. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like um, a really high quality version of home movies. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It's very home movies in its style. Um, so. You uh, you run through these levels and there's like there's a few level there's a few worlds or a few few stages on each level of the tower and you have to get enough money or points on each stage in order to gain access to the elevator that takes you to the next level and you know you rinse and repeat and you go and then each level of the tower is themed so there's one level where it's like there's horror. Uh, stages in it um, that are, you know, spooky. And every time you get caught, you get a jump scare. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and there's boss fights and and uh, and all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's really charming, really, really weird uh, just in terms of what it is and the art style jammed with a genre or a game that which is wario land which is very specific yeah um yeah number 10 uh pizza tower starring pepino spaghetti go check it out it's if you have a steam deck it's actually a really good game for the steam deck um because it is a platformer and i feel like platformers really shine on the steam deck oh absolutely yeah so yeah pizza tower phil What's number nine? Number nine. Uh, I was in great danger this year of my uh, Nintendo Switch becoming basically what I play retro RPGs on, because uh, that's what I found myself doing constantly. I was playing, you know, Final Fantasy and Pokemon and and that kind of thing as the evenings progressed. I've never even plugged my switch into a TV. I've never done it. I've only ever played it handheld. Sure. Uh, that's why I wanted it. Uh, 
so I thought to myself, well, there, there are a couple of games that uh, are, are coming out that are supposed to be really good that look like they would do well uh, with the handheld kind of thing. And I was absolutely right with uh, my number nine, which is Dave the Diver. Uh, this mm. was my Nintendo Switch game. I'm still playing. I have not even beaten it. Uh, but it's fantastic. It's kind of perfect for that level of bite-sized half an hour to an hour here and there kind of adventures. Right. You, you know, you can go off and, and accomplish a few goals and then pop back in. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, Dave the Diver is a lovely uh, pixelated role-playing game slash exploration game slash adventure game slash cooking simulator. Uh, right. Not really, but kind of. And uh, it is not an indie game, despite uh, some of the uh, yeah, it's <laughs> some been, of the controversy. It's been a bit of a bit of discourse re- recently. Like, by the way, Dave the Diver, Diver comes from a major publisher. It's not major an indie publisher, game. And, and it shows. <laughs> and, and here's the thing: it shows because it right. is pixelated. But my God, it's high quality. The animation yes. is beautiful. <laughs> the the cutscenes are gorgeous. Um, right. A lot of work went into this. This was not yes. some scrappy three person team. This was right. this was a exactly. big project. And it's huge. It's it's an enormous game. Uh, basically, for people who haven't played, you play Dave the Diver, who uh, is an adorable sweetheart of a, uh, a fat man in either a suit or a diving outfit. Uh, I'm not convinced that he isn't me. Uh, I, I, I do feel like uh, my likeness was stolen. Identity theft is uh, is not a joke. Uh, people not a joke people not a joke uh and uh but he's just he's this constantly he's just this sweet schlub of a man who's constantly kind of put upon by all the people around him and you have days and there are morning afternoon and evening cycles and during the morning and afternoon and evening you have the option of hopping into the drink so to speak and catching fish and finding treasure and there are quests they'll take you on uh that involve mer people and and giant whales and fighting sharks and all that shit and then in the evening you can get back in the boat and go across the pond to your friend's sushi restaurant where he will make sushi out of the fish that you've caught and you can upgrade and enhance these uh menu items uh and while also running around uh trying to make sure everyone gets fed and their tea is full and their beer is full and and uh and it's great because those kind of like time challenge games I like them okay, but I can't play an entire game that's centered around that. And I find that Dave the Diver's section of that is just enough craziness to enjoy it. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. You can kind of go, all right, that was fun. Now I'm going to relaxingly dive into the briny deep again uh, with my shotgun. Uh, it's, uh, it's, It's really charming and really funny and... Again, very accessible in the sense that you don't have to feel the need to um, play it, you know, for three or four or five hours at a time. Although I could totally see where you would, um, right. and I and I think that this is and my experience with it. I'm getting so much more out of it uh, playing it on my Switch, or if you had been playing it on your Steam Deck, I think it would have been the right. same. Uh, then I would have. I guarantee you, if I'd gotten this just for my PC, and uh, I wouldn't. It's. It, I just don't see myself sitting and playing it yeah. at my desk for hours on end. Yeah, it's a game you play when you're on the couch. Right. You know? It's casual but deep. and, yeah. and uh, It's so a perfect I, second screen game. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I think that's... 
I think that's really what it's intended for. And yeah. I, I, that's, that's how I've enjoyed it the most in right. any case. Um, so, uh, yeah, Dave, the diver that's uh, I, I, I highly recommend it, especially for, uh, a handheld of some sort. So, uh, nice. that's my number nine. So, nice. uh, Kevin, what is your number nine? My number nine is homebody, which okay. is, yeah. Yeah. I need to play this. You you yeah. have gone on my case about this several times. I know I need to play this. Yeah, this is, it yeah. is a horror game published by the Game Grumps. Yes, those Game Grumps. Um, you know, the, the, the publishers of Dream Daddy and also their own YouTube videos. It's, the they've past. got a little they've got a little channel. They've just oh. got a little, you know, YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, Homebody is uh, made by I believe his name is Jory, um, who works uh, for the who works in their office. Um, he it's a game that deals with so thematically what it deals with is like anxiety and depression and social anxiety and all that stuff, and really does a good job of tackling those topics in a horror setting. And that horror setting it takes a lot of inspiration from Alone in the Dark and uh, Resident Evil um, in terms of, and actually more, I would say, Alone in the Dark and um, Clock Tower okay. um, in terms of, of stylings. So the basic gameplay loop is your character is going to a house uh, to hang out with her friends that she hasn't seen in quite a long time. Um, and then at a certain point, something happens and it's terrifying. <laughs> and then suddenly, uh, oh no, it's the, you're back at the, the time, the moment that you came to the house. So the, it is a time loop game. Um, it does have aspects of, I would say it has aspects of Outer Wilds puzzle solving in terms you have like a big board of clues that you got to kind of put together to figure out, all right, I, this thing goes here. I got to go do this thing. And you there is a like you have to hit everything in the right order per on each run. Um, so it's really hard to talk about homebody without giving out, giving away too much mm -hmm. other than if you like horror outer wilds alone in the dark and or pizza not pizza tower clock tower <laughs> if you like pizza tower you'll love homebody no Boy, clock howdy, tower you love it clock tower um then i think you really should give it a shot and uh or if you just like games that have like the the static camera um you know angles kind of like in in the first resident evil games and and uh and alone in the dark uh it's really worth checking out nice yeah nice. yeah phil okay what 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 would you say your eighth favorite game of the year is off the top of my head and there's no way that i wrote down notes on this uh, <laughs> my, my eighth favorite game of the year is Hi-Fi Rush. This one, this one came out in January and I think a lot of people said the same thing because, you know, January is not the time that you put out really good games. That's not generally when you see it happen because mm -hmm. everyone wants to be on the game of the year lists and everything along those lines. They, they want to be considered and it's not a great 
idea to put yourself right at the beginning of the of the year when everything else has happened. Uh, and this was one that I played and finished, and I ha- I said I have to make I have to make a point a note of this. I have to recognize this one. There's I if if this game gets bumped out of of my top ten then it's been a hell of a year for games. And honestly, it has been a hell of a year for games. Uh, there were some really good things, but Hi-Fi Rush just sticks with me. Um, for anyone who hasn't played this one, uh, it's done by Tango Gameworks, which is the same group that brought you the evil within, um, which is kind of hilarious because it has nothing to do with that. Uh, it is an action platformer. Uh, you uh, play a guy named Chai in the near future, Probably near, well, not far future, but maybe nearer than we want to admit. Uh, (laughs) And you're basically this adorable loser who dreams of being a rock star. And uh, you are labeled a defective by this this corporate government world uh, that's going to send you to the scrap heap. But instead, they, they put, instead, they accidentally put this kind of like an iPod or something in your heart. And it control you. Uh, you you get a rhythm constantly, and the gameplay works that you have music playing, and you have to fight and move to the beat in order to uh, enhance your abilities. And at first, when I heard about that, I said, "I I I'm not really a rhythm guy. I I feel like that probably won't work out for me." Sure, uh, but it, but it it did, and uh, it has a lot of great characters, very anime inspired. I'm not a huge anime guy, but it does follow um, the one anime trope that I know by heart, and that is uh, uh, the most important weapon of all is friendship. <laughs> And that's that's what this is all about. You've got this lovable team of losers trying to bring down this corporate bullshit, uh, 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 you know, giant. And it's gorgeous. The colors absolutely pop out of the screen. The soundtrack fucking rules uh, the, the music on it. It's this great combination of songs I know by heart and uh, stuff I've never heard before, but is now on permanent rotation on my Spotify playlists. Um, it's, it's fun. It feels good to play. Even when you get to a point with some of these, uh, bad guys that you, you you know, you have to learn how to fight them and you might be getting a little frustrated, but there's something about the rhythm that just lulls you into this. Like, no, we're good. I I've, I've got this. I've got this. It's also incredibly funny. It's a really, really funny game. Um, and it came out at the beginning of the year for 30 bucks and it is triple a and it was completely unannounced yes exactly there was just, just nothing they just dropped it and uh it was uh it was uh shinji mikami's last game that's right as an executive producer at tango gameworks it just and and, and what a wonderful way to head out because yeah. the game is triumphant and positive and and fun it's like that's as far as creative endeavors are concerned being remembered for something uh, yeah i would think yeah that that kind of attitude that's where you want to go and yeah succeeded and you know what's wild is just like as an aside shinji hmm. mikami is he's like i don't know if the, if we have a like a george romero in yeah. the game industry it's him you know yeah because because yeah. it's you know you got resident evil is is him right he yep. directs the first resident evil uh he's got dino crisis 
he's got his later in his career. He tries to recapture Resident Evil with the evil within, you know, yeah. kind of goes back to the well, sort of like Romero did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he also does, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Right. He's very accessible. Yeah. I think that's a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's there's also God Hand is in there, which is. Oh yeah, uh, an interesting game. <laughs> yeah, that's own right. Yeah, that one's got yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Hi-Fi Rush absolutely worth uh, playing. Uh, it's 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 too good not to. Uh, fantastic stuff. That's my number eight. So, Kevin, where does yeah. your number eight bring you? Uh, my number eight is the Dead Space remake. Ah, okay. Which I was. I was really high on it when I first played it, and the longer I sat with it, like the lower kind of slid down my list a little bit. Um, it's good. It is really good, and it does a lot of good things, a lot of good quality of life updates to the first Dead Space in terms of um, like the zero gravity stuff mm-hmm. is based on like the Dead Space 2 zero gravity stuff versus the original Dead Space. Like zero gravity was a, little, it was a bit clunky in, mm-hmm. the, in, in the original Dead Space. Um, the remake does a lot of nice quality of life improvements and it also does uh, a neat job making the game feel a little bit less linear, mm. but at the same time, it doesn't quite pull that off uh, in a really compelling way because the, it was like, oh, there's side quests. They added ac- extra quests and then there's yeah. like, there's only like fucking three in the entire game. <laughs> uh, you blink and you miss your opportunity to go do them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't too high on <laughs> um, some of that stuff, but if you're looking for a really good way, a really good version of dead space, you know, you can play the remake or you can play the original. The original still holds up. Yeah. But the remake is still is fucking excellent. So as someone who played the entire trilogy for the first time just last year, uh, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that that's the only reason I didn't buy it uh, because I was just like, I just, uh, you just played this played whole. It. I don't, I don't know if I need. To and play I agree. It if yet. you had just played it, there's really no reason to, 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 to play the remake. Uh, yeah, and and one and two are still incredible games. Two is two is right. High on the list for me, like one of the best horror games ever made. It's it's really yeah. really good. Three we don't need to talk about. We don't really um, need to talk about three. I like to. three more than most people. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't it wasn't the dumpster fire some people <laughs> made that? it out to be. What's that uh, that line about Ted Cruz? Um, um, <laughs> I like Ted Cruz more than most people, and I hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> Uh, Al Franken, Al Franken saying it about Ted Cruz. I like yeah. Ted Cruz more than most people, and I hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, Ted Cruz, uh, Dead Space Three is the Ted Cruz of the series. Uh, Actually, yeah, yeah, no, the Dead Space books are the Ted Cruz of the series. That's way more appropriate because I still found <laughs> some joy in Dead Space Three. In Dead Space Three, I had some joy in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so not much, to, not not much else to say on the Dead Space remake. Phil, well, we're moving on to number seven. What's your seventh best game of the year? Uh, my number seven is what I I've been giving this a lot of thought, and I believe that it is the uh, best example of a game 
uh, to show you exactly how it feels to actually be a space Marine. And that is Warhammer 40,000 bolt gun. Uh, it is a doom clone version of, uh, of the Warhammer universe, uh, retro graphics. Uh, what do they call them? Boomer, boomer shooters, boomer uh, shooters. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and it, it does all of the best parts about that kind of genre incredibly well. Uh, it's just this kind of onslaught of baddies and, uh, rotating, uh, arsenal of weapons and it's over the top. And there is a button exclusively used to scream things uh, about the emperor at your yep. enemies. Yeah, um, Rahul Koji uh, yeah. Kol- uh, has like a thousand lines that he requests or something. He was just it's, in there for five hours. I, I, it's, I, I, I hit that button quite a bit and I had not. I, I don't recall hearing a repeat. Uh, and it's fantastic. And it's it is. Uh, it's not flawless. Uh, there are there are aspects of it that get a little samey after a while, which I think any boomer shooter uh, uh, gets. But the fact of the matter is, is I stand by it. I even I haven't played Space Marine Two, which maybe they'll stick to their guns and and have it actually come out uh, in the remaining four weeks of uh, the year. Um, <laughs> and I love the I, I love the first saying. thing. Yeah, they keep it, it's still listed that okay. Um, but the uh, I loved the first Space Marine, and that's the one a lot of people go for when it when it comes to the authenticity and the feel of being a Space Marine in that universe. And I have no I have no real quarrel with that because I think it's I think it's an, an incredible game. I love that game, and uh, it does a wonderful job of displaying that world. And I think actually, if you're a first time 40k person, you want to know what this world is all about, pick up Space Marine. Um, but I think there's also a very specific uh, age group of gamer uh, who lived through the 80s and 90s of uh, old school, over the top, heavy metal games like Warhammer, and uh, and this this is kind of a love letter to them. This is this feels like it was made very specifically for my age group. Yeah, and uh, for that reason, it it stands head and shoulders above any of the other 40k games in terms of feeling like that. Uh, highly genetically uh, fucked with uh, a murder machine that is the Space Marine. Uh, so that's my number seven, Warhammer 40,000, Bolt Gun. I hope very much that they do some expansions with it, some DLC yeah. that maybe throws in some orcs, some Tyranids. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of good shit you can do with this. I would, yeah. I would, I would pick it back up if they did. Yeah. Yeah, me too, I think. I think I, even though if I was a little bit bored by the end of it, um, mm. I think I would too. I think yeah. it, um, I, especially if the if the DLC added a, a little variety to it. Oh, absolutely! Just a little, little more, a little more. Yeah, uh, they they did a wonderful job of representing the demonic baddies uh, oh, of totally. the world. But after, but it was it was it was it was longer than I expected the game to be. And I think that was that was cool. It was really cool that it was that it had more meat to its bones than I expected. Uh, but it also meant that certain things did get a little samey. Did it have a, a Did it have a boss demon for each of the chaos gods? Um, I remember there was the Lord of Change, which it is was just for the Lord Sneech, of Change, and the and um, uh, and the uh, the uh, one for the Nurgle, the, the Nurgle. Uh, yeah, uh, demon thing. Yeah, yeah. There was no Slanash stuff, and I don't think that there was any corn stuff. 
uh, yeah. if I'm recalling correctly. Um, so there is hell, even if they just wanted to keep it to the demonic stuff, there's still plenty of stuff to, uh, yeah, yeah, to totally. expand there's, into there. there. We're, we are, we're missing the blood God. Absolutely. No one misses the blood God. Like we miss the blood God. Uh, <laughs> so that's my number seven. Kevin, hit me with your number seven. Uh, Dredge. Dredge oh, okay. Lovely. Is, All right. Uh, just a lovely game about fishing and there's nothing else at all uh under the water <laughs> there is nothing deeper in the water nothing dredge is a a uh, a, a fun uh, game where you play as a fisherman who is trying to figure out well he's not trying to figure out a mystery he's just trying to fish but yeah. there is a mystery happening upon him and you as the player slash fisherman are starting to uh, reel it in. <laughs> uh, that was good. That was pretty uh, solid. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel good about that. I feel good about that. <laughs> and uh, so you just, you could play the game a number of ways. I mean, I know some people just kind of used it as their chill out game where they take their boat out and they just go fishing and mm -hmm. you go and you sell your fish to a, um, to the fishmonger and you know you get some money and you upgrade your boat and all that stuff or you could just you kind of keep pulling on threads and you go to other islands and there's people to talk to at the other islands and they tell you things about you know hey there's this artifact you should go check that out and and then there's a, a weird person in the in a, on another island and they're like well if you bring me all the artifacts i can tell you the truth and the <laughs> truth is like capital T truth. And you're like, well, that sounds interesting. Uh, so you keep doing it. And then, you know, there's, um, there's, there's elder gods at some point. Yeah. Um, so dredge is a dredge. friendly fishing game in which nothing <laughs> else happens. <laughs> sounds about right. Um, Phil, what's number six for you? <laughs> number six for me. Uh, I'm going with Cocoon, uh, which uh, I've talked about a few weeks ago at this point. Uh, this was uh, by the, uh, by, I, I want to say his name is, is uh, Yeppe Carlson. Cause he's Scandinavian. And I think with the J it's Yeppe as, as opposed to Jeppe. I apologize uh, to, to, Pim and any of our other friends who are listening to me butcher this, but whatever. Uh, it's the he created Limbo and Inside, and both of those games are games I, I adore. I especially I have a real, real fondness for Inside. Um, it is probably the best game he's ever made. It is definitely the most complex. It's the most uh, colorful and beautiful. It is. Uh, it is almost too complex to return to. I will say that that is the only downside of this game. It was the puzzles are nuts and you play a little uh, kind of anthropomorph anthropomorphic uh, beetle person who is the, the storyline is very unclear, but very beautiful at the same time. You are going in between these different dimensions through these orbs and the orbs are, and the dimensions themselves are actually things that you can hold in your hand. You can hold them as a crystal and you have to use each of these dimensions against each other. Uh, it sounds weird, uh, but trust me, I'm, I'm 
doing a great job uh, explaining this. Uh, and uh, just trust me on this one. Anybody who's played knows exactly what I mean. And it's got this wonderful portal style in out level of puzzles. And it has boss fights, which is the first time I've seen that in any of his games. Um, and it's just charming and beautiful and uh, absolutely savage in terms of its puzzle difficulty. And uh, I, I, again, I, I think it's the best game he has ever made. And I'm probably never going to play it again uh, because it's just, it's one of those things that you're just, it, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of, um, Oh, what's the mystery boat game that came out last oh, year? Oh, uh, Ober, Oberdin? Oberdin. Oberdin. Yeah, it was a couple it, of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years. It makes me think of that in the sense that I'm like, this is an achievement. It is something that anyone who wants to design games should play and study and pay attention to. Um, and I never want to play it again. And, uh, and it's my number six. <laughs> I don't play by other people's rules when it comes to my game of the year list, by the way. <laughs> never, never. So what about you, Kevin? Where, where, where do you find yourself at number six? Well, my number six is a game that started out probably higher on the list and drifted down the longer I sat with it afterwards. Uh, Alan Wake 2. Okay. Um, yeah. I really loved it when I was playing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of, and listen, I know it's like Alan Wake inherently as a stu as a character and storyline is really fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> sure. He's a terrible writer. <laughs> he's, he's not a good writer. I don't, I don't buy for a second that this guy is a best-selling author based no. on his narration. <laughs> he's terrible. He is God awful. Is And some of the, some of the assertions that his character makes, about the nature of horror stories is like he at one point he says in a horror story you're either the monster or the victim and uh -huh. i was like okay well that's a little narrow bit of a narrow view of horror um yeah. okay fine we're gonna well i'll let you you can have that one sure um there's so many cool mechanics that they added to this alan wake 2 is basically what when I told you I had played Alan Wake 1, and I was like, yeah, it's fine. I w there's, It's weird because mm. it, it's a shooter. A, it's a where you got an author who is just shooting his way through, you know, the state of Washington. Right, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, it would have been really cool if it was more of like an investigative thing. And they mm -hmm. did that for Alan Wake 2. You have, you're playing two characters. Uh, you start out playing as an FBI agent. And she is, uh, for like the first, I don't know, so two, three hours of the game, you're playing as her. Um, and before you get the ability to switch back and forth between her and Alan Wake. Um, and the, um, her interesting, she has a, a mind place, um, where oh, the mind she, palace. Yes. It's, it's a. It's called Mind Place, but right. it's a Mind Palace. Right. Basically, she has a, a room in her head where she can see like a board of all the clues that you've collected so far and kind of like piecing the storyline together. Um, on the other side, when you're playing as Alan Wake, he has a storyboard where he, what he can do with this is he can take a scene. He'll be like, I'm at this place, right? Because he's in like an alternate dimension. Mm -hmm. I'm at this place. And he can take the scene and he can change who, what the characters are in that scene. 
to oh, and it okay, changes yeah. this it changes the room that he's in like it might move furniture around it might like fucking fill the room with gore and blood or whatever right <laughs> it's like you know stuff like that um so there's a lot of really cool stuff there's an amazing sequence in the middle of the game that i don't want to spoil um but if you've played the first one and you remember the stage sequence when you're fighting off the all the taken it's kind of in that vein but you know more metal uh than even that um but it's one of those games the longer you sit with it the it's like the gameplay is really cool it's just the story begins to feel more and more hollow Mm. <laughs> sure um not as deep as uh, it wants you to think and it's not, not as deep as it wants you to think and a, a little too much as um little too marvel in terms of okay oh this is just setting up something else okay okay now i <laughs> i've heard people say that this is like actually more related to control than it is yeah to the you first could Island actually Wake call game. this control too uh okay. in some okay. regards okay. um it is like it's very, very heavily related to control. The um, the Federal Bureau of Control is features prominently in the game, um, as and they so it's it's just the continuation of Alan Wake's story, but set more in a control setting rather than just like strictly Alan Wake. Which is mm-hmm. fine. They had already started going that way with Control when they when in in the game Control. There's a lot of references to Alan Wake in it. Sure. Yeah. So, but I think the problem I have with the ending ultimately is it just feels like it's setting you up for another uh, another entry rather than giving you any real satisfaction as to the thing the story you just went through. Like they did everything but bring out Samuel Jackson to try and recruit you to the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about the control protocol. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> so Alan Wake was probably when I played it, it slipped from like a top three down to where it is uh, number six. After, That's how it is with a lot of games, you know, you, after even after you're done playing it. them. Yeah. You just kind of yeah. rumble them around in your head a little bit and you're like, uh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but that's enough about Alan Wake 2. What did you got for number five? Number five, the halfway point. Okay. Um, well, this is basically uh, part of, uh, of... I'm just following the law here uh, because I have a legal requirement uh, that I've agreed to with Capcom uh, since 2017 or so that anytime they release uh, a new Resident Evil game, it will appear uh, somewhere in or close to my game of the year list. And uh, that means that number five is Resident Evil 4's remake. Um, I stand by it. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, uh, this It's funny because we talked about Dead Space. And just last year I had uh, played uh, those three games for the first time. I also played through the original Resident Evil 4 for the first time last year. So I honestly thought that I wasn't going to... No, we're going to... Hold on one second. We're going to nip that in the bud. No. They've got a little scratch pad that has a rolly ball that goes around it. <laughs> and I'm just not letting, I'm not even going to let that start. We're not even going to, all right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it gets loud. So yeah, after, after I'm done, I'll turn it over again, sweetie. 
so, <laughs> they speak English. Uh, but I think this one was important for me to actually get into because I really loved um, the first three Resident Evil games, that era, the twin stick era. And then I kind of dropped off for four five and six and all the other stuff that happened around that time. And then I got back into it for its new kind of like, I don't know what you like this dark new direction that they've been going in since seven, um, which is my favorite. Uh, I, I love the direction they're taking it in. I love uh, how much fun they're having with it. They're broadening the world. Um, Resident Evil Village is, is is a masterpiece in my mind. Same for Resident Evil 7. And they basically took all of my complaints when I played the ori- original Resident Evil 4, which mostly had to do with controls. Uh, I, I just couldn't get used to the controls. Sure. Um, and, and, and gave them this new coat of the new era of Resident Evil paint. And uh, it basically turned... Resident Evil 4, because it was a game that everyone's like, this is the greatest Resident Evil game that was ever made. Sure. It's the most, certainly the most influential, all that stuff. And I played it and I went, I guess I don't get it though. It's just, it's just not quite reaching me on the same level, possibly because I'm not uh, playing it when it first came out and you know, it's not affecting me for that reason. Um, And then I got this coat of paint on it and it not only made me appreciate it more it made me go oh i totally fucking get it i totally get it now um so it made it a little more accessible for me and it made me appreciate things that i learned about it when i played the original so it it weirdly retroactively made me enjoy uh the original more uh if that if such a thing uh even exists so um yeah i think that's pretty impressive for a remake because it's more than just a reskin you know they they really had fun playing with that sucker and i and yeah. I, I finished the dlc for it and everything so uh yeah that's something i still need to get back to the dlc it's good it's good it's just it's just another five hours uh yeah it's it's which which fucking with excellent everybody's best girl ada yeah oh yeah oh yeah she uh she calls uh leon a good boy at some point and i feel weird inside uh so <laughs> It fill it, it checks all the boxes is what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, so Kevin, what about you? What's your number five? My number five is my friendly neighborhood. Okay. My friendly neighborhood is a uh, first person shooter, and it is a it's like a Resident Evil Seven uh, like. Um, <laughs> A very specific. It's a very specific type of Resident Evil like game. Um, it's first person, um, very Re- Resident Evil Seven. Basically, you play as a guy, a repairman, who is dispatched to a, a TV station, which has started. It's a closed down TV station, which has started broadcasting old episodes of a, a Sesame Street like show called My Friendly Neighborhood, okay. and. They're like, ah, you got to go there and shut it down, like, because it's annoying, you know, it's interrupting people's shows and stuff like that. So you get there, and um, the entire station has been overrun in the absence of people, has been overrun with sentient versions of the puppets that <laughs> were on the Sesame Street show. Um, 
So when you start out, you basically just have a wrench and then you're, uh, you get a letter gun. It's basically, it's, it is what it is. It, it's a, <laughs> it's a game that sh- it's a game. It's a gun that shoots out letters. Uh, and you have to knock the wild thing is you cannot kill the puppets. They won't die. You, the only thing you can do if you want to keep them down is knock them down and then tie them up with duct tape. <laughs> and that lets you root move freely through an area. Um, so and they're out of commission permanently at that point. They're out of commission at that point. Yeah. I hear a kitty. Yeah. Give me one pawing. second. I'm going to move this thing. I'll be right back. Sure. Guys, I, I, I made it more appealing to them for some reason. I don't know how that <laughs> I didn't know that turning it over would just make it a whole new toy for them and they would have to <laughs> investigate it that much harder. Were okay, just sorry. Clawing at the underside of it or Yeah, he was just like clawing it and trying to turn it over, I think. Uh it's uh, he's he's a real smart one. Uh, I love your so, little cats. They're they're hysterical. They are strange animals. I I love living with them. Uh okay, so sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah, my friendly neighborhood uh I really recommend it. It's like five to six hours long, I think, if, you, if you're playing through it. And uh, it's got a lot of puzzles in the Resident Evil vein. Um, so you're, you know, you're backtracking, going back and forth. Um, it's, it's a blast. And uh, it's probably... Oh, the, the other thing about it is it was made by the Szymanski brothers. Szymanski brothers. So right. not, the, not the one, not the brother who made Iron Lung. There's yes. three brothers. There's three Szymanski brothers. Uh, one of them made Iron Lung and is working on Gloomwood. And the other two worked on My Friendly Neighborhood. And we look at the credits. It's a, it's a relatively small team that put out a product that was really, really polished. So, nice. you know, a lot of... They're, they're due a lot of credit for this one. That, that family's got... got- some real kudos to them to their uh, names they they yeah. can they can make some fucking games yeah yeah so that's that's my number five phil what's your number four okay we've made it all the way to number four before we get our first overlap my number four is dredge there we which, go yeah i don't have a lot to add i i remember playing it for the first time and, and actually thinking maybe this was going to be my game of the year period simply because uh it's God, <laughs> they're finding ways to be loud. Um, they said we don't want to. We don't want to be playing with that toy back there. We want to. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, one second. I <laughs> found candles that we placed out, and they're round. And they said, "Well, I want something to roll while I'm out here." <laughs> and these will have to do. They are so. They're they're like we're in the mood to roll. That's what, exactly it. That's <laughs> such assholes. Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> father, fucking, we must roll cat. things. Yes. Oh my god! And then and I'll turn off the camera here, and and I'll go here here play with those now, and they won't nope. have any interest, none whatsoever. Uh, so as I was saying, I, I remember playing dredge for the first time and thinking it would probably 
I remember honestly thinking this might be my number one game of the year simply because it had that perfect combination of Fisherman's Life uh, with uh, horror. And they do the cosmic stuff and the Lovecraftian stuff very, very well. But they also do just the fishing simulator aspect of it really well. Yeah, uh, it's I, I've come to find now that I'm in my 40s that my favorite games are games that challenge me, but also let me sit as far back from the chair as possible. Yep. Uh, or I can just lean back. And this is a perfect game for that. Uh, I'm getting a lot out of it. I'm, I'm engaged. I'm getting all kinds of cool little storylines and that sort of thing. But I'm also just like, well, let's just go out and see what kind of fish we can catch. Let's see if we can make a profit today. Um, and the new DLC came out and I, I picked that up. I have to, I have to, try that out it takes you to kind of an arctic area so that'll be cool yeah uh get some mountains of madness shit but yeah i mean but that's that's my number four dredge i hell yeah i loved it i loved it hell what about yeah. you kevin all right my number four is our second uh, uh overlap and that's going to be resident evil 4 nice yeah i really can't say much else to res about resident evil 4 other than um i I just loved every minute of it. It's such a fun game. And, oh, yeah. Um, it really did a good job. Like, if you go back and you play Resident Evil 4, the original, I remembered going back to it, and it has a certain level of jank that came from it being the game that kind of spawned the third-person shooter. Right. <laughs> In right. a way. Um, so it has a certain level of, like, not really sure how to make this. It, it feels it, it's like at the time it felt amazing, but after 20 years of playing third person shooters that have really refined the, the, the movement, it, it's, it's, it can be hard to go back to. Um, and I know some people are saying, well, I go back to it every year and be like, well, good for you. Um, yeah, I'm proud of you. <laughs> proud of you. Proud of you. Um, Resident <laughs> Evil four, the remake does a really good job refining a lot of that stuff while also keeping, what made the original so special um, yeah. and did a, a number of things better. Like it took Ashley Graham and made her from kind of an annoying just side character to someone who was uh, funny and mm -hmm. interesting to, to be around. Their relationship is wonderful in the game. Yeah. It's wonderful to watch it unfold. It's, it's just well done. Yeah. And she acts like a, she acts like the, the young woman that she is mm -hmm. when at like, there's, there's just this one point where, uh, Leon jumps down from somewhere. It's like a 15 foot drop. So like he, he jumps down and he, he does his landing and then he, he gets back up and he's going to catch her and she jumps down and he catches her and she says skills. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. She's charming. She's not, she's, she's not charming. This <laughs> annoying little twerp of a kid, you know, she's yeah, it's fun. And they did the same with Leon. They gave Leon so much more of the dad jokes and stuff like that. It's yeah. Which I think was necessary to keep you from getting the impression that maybe, uh, they were going to like hook up or something like that. Like he, he yeah, they really pulled that back. Yeah. In this. They, they made it very clear. He's a dad, not a, not a boyfriend. <laughs> right. Um, even though Leon is, is in his what? Late twenties, I guess. Oh, but. it wouldn't have been crazy inappropriate, but 
I don't know. It would have felt weird. Yeah, it, like he's more he's more Ada's speed than Ashley. Yes, yes, and yeah, you don't get in the way. You don't mess with Ada's man. Uh, I don't want to see anything <laughs> bad happen to this young lady. Um, but also, there's up. there's like um, uh, Lewis is really refined into a like he looks creepier. He looks more run down than than the original version of him. But as a character, he's like a lot more sympathetic, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and like he like there's there's a there's a moment with him that I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. He isn't just some random Lothario kind of character or whatever. It's just just yeah, there's there's something to it. Yeah. It's nice. Um so yeah, I uh, Resident Evil Four is my number four nice. game of the year. Nice. Uh, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna have some overlap in these next few. I think. I think so too. Phil, and I think this next one, yeah, in particular, it, it might be an exact overlap. It might be. Yes. Well, what's number three for you? Well, I believe that number three for the both of us is Amnesia the Bunker. That's correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In my opinion, probably the best horror game that was released this year. Yeah. Absolutely. And I I know this I I think it might be Fractional's uh best entry in this particular series. Uh even even better than the original. I'm not one of these people who who, you know, looks down their nose at the whole quote unquote, you know, walking simulator genre or anything like that. Um but I do think that this is the game where they really struck the sweet spot of story, atmosphere, all that shit that made all the other entries so memorable. But they also give you genuinely exciting, scary, thrilling Hold on, things. Hold on, I to have do. to interrupt you. Yeah. There's breaking news. Breaking news? Yeah, breaking news. Henry Kissinger is dead. Oh, thank fucking God. How? How did. How is. <laughs> How did he live so long? Uh, oh I'm just God. happy that Jimmy Carter outlived him. Uh, that is that. You know what? You know what? That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. God damn it! All right, I expect to hear. That's from not breaking news for the people listening to this podcast. No, this is old news been, by now. It will have been uh, like a month before you hear this episode. Yeah, but we were recording this. When the the news broke that Henry Kissinger Kissinger had died, that is good um, news. That is good it's, news. Uh, as uh, Anthony Bourdain uh, once. What did Ant- I'm trying to? I want to look up his exact quote. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Get the quote. Bourdain Kissinger. Um, once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never want to stop beating uh, Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you'll never again be able to open a newspaper and read about that treacherous, prevar- prevaricating, murderous scumbag sitting down for a nice chat with Charlie Rose or attending some black tie affair for a new glossy magazine without choking. Witness what Henry did in Cambodia, the fruits of his genius for statesmanship, and you'll never understand why he's not sitting in the dock at The Hague next to Milosevic. Fuck Preach. Henry Kissinger. R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All hail Saint Bourdain. <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway, uh, uh, the I mean, that's that, 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 what, what can I say about the joy I experienced from playing Amnesia the Bunker that can't be summarized with the joy I experienced for finding out Henry Kissinger is dead? Um, <laughs> it's a very parallel emotional roller coaster of joy, fear, anger, uh, you know, just that kind of thing. Uh, I'd, hunger. Hunger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Oh, I, could for, I could go for a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I loved this. I thought that the the gameplay is so good, yes. and the storyline is so good, and neither of them detract from the others. I felt that the 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 main downside to a game like Amnesia: Dark Descent was that when you just when you started going you'd stop and have to read or listen to like 15 minutes worth of storyline or something. And, and it just, it could get a little dull at times. Um, whereas the bunker, the bunker, I feel like it's them finally hitting that sweet spot. Uh, it's the best in the series as far as Soma still is their best game as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, uh, I, I loved it. So what about you, Kevin? How did you feel about amnesia? Bunker? Oh, I loved amnesia. It is, terrifying in yeah. all the best ways uh it doesn't it's not relying on jump scares at all it's it's all about the tension you know just the uh the the dread of knowing that this monster is out there just mm -hmm. or, and and around the corner and and you don't really have any means of fighting it this is a different like the other amnesia games from what i understand this is the first one where they actually, they're like, okay, you want a gun? Here's a fucking gun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's what people have been begging for since the first game. And it Here's somehow makes you feel less powerful. Yeah. Because uh, you can shoot this thing. Uh, it's not going to, It's it might scare it off for a little bit. Yeah. But that's about it. And if you fire and it wasn't there, then... Uh oh! You've just attracted it to you. <laughs> Good news, and and you probably only had two bullets at most in the chamber. So one for the monster, one for yourself. Yeah. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Hope good everything luck, works out. <laughs> so uh, amnesia, the bunker, amazing game. I know they did some. Uh, they're releasing some updates, or they have released some updates, some randomization updates, and things yeah, they like released that. something around Halloween. I know. That. Yeah, stuff for like replayability. Um. And it's like harder difficulties for the people who are like really into the challenge of uh, dealing with <laughs> with this creature. It's not an easy game. It's not an easy game, and um, I know that there's. Uh, I it's I'm almost tempted to go back and get some of the achievements that I couldn't get. That day is coming for me. I I, I know I'm, that I'm there's like soon. there's like some achievements for like you know you. Uh, save the prisoner without letting the monster eat him or something like that. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but it, it's wild. You have this game where you're, you're scrounging for, for your guns and, and, and ammo and stuff like that. And, uh, there's only two encounters, two antagonists in the entire game. Yeah. And they're all rats. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I agree. Amnesia the Bunker, uh, number three uh, with a bullet uh, oh, for me time. as well. So, Phil, we're at number two. Uh, 
this one's going to uh, uh, frustrate some, maybe present company included. Uh, my number two is Baldur's Gate 3. How dare you? I know. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece of a game. I'm not going to say anything about it that other people haven't already said. The branching storylines, the characters, the memorable characters they created. Um, I think the greatest thing about this game was how effective of a fuck you it was to all the corporate bullshit people out there who have been saying no one wants to play a single player game. Uh, that there's nothing to be gained from making single-player games. This is not just a single-player game. It is a classic role-playing game style game. It, it, is, it is a niche genre at best, and it blew everyone's head off. It was fun, horny, and, and scary, sometimes all at the same time. Um, the characters, I'm still thinking about them, uh, and you spend an inordinate Inordinate? Inordinate. Uh, inord- inordinate. inordinate. Thank you. <laughs> uh, amount of time in this world. And it takes you all over the place. You get, it's, it's every, it's basically as close to the experience of an actual D and D campaign with a decent, uh, uh, dungeon master as you can possibly get in a video yep. game. Yeah. Uh, it feels sometimes like they've thought of everything and yeah. there are so many ways to play it. So many, uh, uh different builds. And so, and I'm not that guy. I when with my role-playing games. I just want to play the game. I want to play. I want to play the character. I want to play. Yep. I have been thrilled to look at all of these different builds people are coming up with. And it makes me want to play the game again. And I don't have that kind of time on my hands. Uh, and, uh, but I, I see all these different kind of builds people are talking about. And I said, why don't I play that? Um, and I can't wait for any DLC and uh, increase in level cap uh, that might come with it. Uh, this is a game that I feel like yeah. all the all they'll need to do for the next five or six years is just add DLC yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, this is like Witcher three level hugeness. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my number two. Uh, uh, Kevin, what's your number two? My number two is the System Shock remake. Um, oh, okay. It is uh, so. For those of you who don't know, System Shock is is one of the first uh, sim style games. Um, it's not like you can see; it's really fledgling in terms of in terms of that genre. System Shock Two is the one that really took it further. But System Shock is uh, it's a wonderful game. It's a, definitely another horror game. So yeah. many fucking horror games on this list. Uh, by the I mean, way, it's one of the most influential games. Every of all game time. that I've listed on the, my list so far, save for Pizza Tower, and even Pizza Tower has an entire level dedicated to horror, is yeah. a horror game. That's crazy. <laughs> you outhorrored me this year. I know. It's fucking wild. Okay. Um, so, System Shock, uh, you play a hacker who is caught hacking into uh, some database thing for a company and then the ceo is like hey if you are able to hack into this ai that we own and take care take down its um safety features uh we'll give you we'll do a surgery on you that you know ups your hacking ability you know install a new deck or whatever into your brain or 
you know, one of those one of those shadow run bullshit things. Right. And so you wake up six months later because that's the convalescence time for this surgery on a space station. And uh-oh, the AI that you helped unleash has taken over the space station and has unleashed hordes of robots and mutants uh, and all that stuff onto the space station and is planning on destroying Earth. So it is up to you as the hacker who started this whole thing to put a stop to it. Uh <laughs> As as it often is, as it often is, um, it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, there's there's a lot of puzzle solving. You're going back and forth between a, a bunch of levels. There's um, you know a lot of fun guns in it, uh, things like that. A lot of fun enemies. Um, I I I'm looking forward to the remaster of S- System Shock Two, mm-hmm. and I know uh, Night Dive, who is who made the remake, um, I believe is going to be doing a remake of System Shock Two in the future. So I'm interested in seeing nice. that as well. Uh, but that's my number two. And before we get to our number ones, yes, we got some honorable mentions. Phil, why don't you tell me what your honorable mentions were for okay. the year? 2023 i've got a few um first one blasphemous 2 uh not quite the experience that uh i got out of the first game um but still a a, a time in that world an extra bit of time in that world is still really great still very grim still very gothic a lot of fun um underground blossom which is the new rusty lake game every time every single time those people come out with a new puzzle game i i'm in i am in i am in uh i love their aesthetic i love the way they come up with these puzzles they're getting a little more challenging as time goes on um and i just i had a blast i, I spent an afternoon playing that one and i i loved it uh bramble which uh, I think is uh, I think is a great example of how important it is to remember that you can, in fact, combine whimsy with abject stark fucking terror. Uh, <laughs> great stuff, fairy tale stuff, and very, very German, very 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 uh, very Nord, uh, yeah. just grim and uh, lots of trolls and wizards and fairy kings, sure. birds that talk and fish that sing, um, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, finally, uh, and this one just released the other day, and it's looking good. I haven't, I've only played the demo, uh, so I, I feel like this might have made it onto my list if I hadn't played, if I'd played more than the demo. And that's uh, Last Train Home, which okay. is a fantastic game about a underserved kind of time uh, period. You don't see a lot of people trying to escape the, the, the whites and the reds of the uh, Bolshevik revolution. Sure. Um, and it, it has a really intriguing combination of real-time strategy and um, like civ builder in a way, cause you're building up your train uh, and it's, it's, it's very cool. And I know I'm going to come back to it. I just did not have time. Uh, Kevin, what about you? What are your honorable mentions? My honorable mentions are uh, void stranger which is kind of a, it's a one-bit color uh, Sokoban game with weird, there's like weird stuff happening. Um, if you ever know anything, if you've ever heard anything about Frog Fractions, 
um, which was like a game that had a game hidden underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, Void Stranger has like a lot of stuff hidden underneath it. And I know I, I've beaten the game once, but in, on, in all honesty, I know you have to beat the game a bunch of time. You have to like keep coming back to it. There are people who've been put 50 hours into this game and they still wow. haven't found all of the weird stuff hidden in this game. Um, so it's probably something I've I've beaten it once. So it'll go in the honorable mentions. I'll see how many times I come back to it and kind of see where it goes. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 slash um, Rogue City or yeah, or not Rogue City, Phantom Liberty. I, yeah. I, why did I put Rogue City? Um, Phantom Liberty. Um is um i put that on there it's a massive update and dlc to cyberpunk 2077 i beat cyberpunk 2077 not long after it came out and really enjoyed my time with it but i knew it was jank as hell uh the 2.0 update is kind of the culmination of a bunch of efforts uh that cd project red have done to you know clean up the game and phantom liberty um is you know this huge dlc you know, it's got Idris Elba in it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was worth a mention. Um, Blasphemous 2 is also on my honorable mentions list. Same reasons. It was more time spent in the Blasphemous world. Just didn't do enough for me. Um, Killer Frequency um, is in my honorable mentions. A fun visual novel horror game where you are a radio DJ uh, trying to keep people alive. <laughs> the radio <laughs> DJ doubling as a 911 operator, and you're trying to keep people alive as a masked serial killer is running loose in the town. That's um, a really unique one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Warhammer 40k bolt gun. You've already talked about it, and I agree with a lot of things you said. Uh, World of Horror has been out for like five years now in early access. It just got its uh, full release um, a couple of weeks ago as of recording this episode, the 1.0 release. Do yourself a favor, go out and check out World of Horror. If you are interested in two things, specifically Junji Ito and Carmen Sandiego, <laughs> two tastes, tastes great, tastes great together. Um, See, now I, I've been meaning to go back to that one. And now that you put it that way, I, I have to. <laughs> That's really, oh, okay. It's, right. it's basically Car- Carmen Sandiego with Junji. It, like, you know, you, Carmen Sandiego is like... Uh, for those of you who don't know, before it was a game show, Carmen Sandiego was <laughs> a video game uh, released by Broderbund, um, mm-hmm. and they you, you were just like figuring out clues. It was it was like it was an educational game, yeah. uh, but it was probably one of the better games to hide the educational part of it. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. It made the pill a little bit easier to swallow. Yes, without question. <laughs> um, but yeah, you had to figure out where Carmen Sandiego was going. It, you know, it was a point-and-click kind of mystery thing. Um, yeah. That's kind of the vibe I get from from World of Horror. I mean, there's more to it than there ever was in any of the Carmen Sandiego games. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but that's yeah. just the that's just the general vibe. Um, finally, RoboCop rogue city um that's yeah. why i wrote rogue city earlier yeah was, that's why i was, I was thinking of, <laughs> i was thinking of robocop no robocop rogue city my seven out of ten game of the year yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, Phil, with I all think that, that should be a category. Yeah, my 7 out of 10 game of the year. Speaking of 7 out of 10 games of the year, why don't you tell us, Phil, what your number one game is? Yeah, I was about to say, that's kind of the perfect segue. Uh, I when I, I mean to tell you people, when I told Kevin this, this he reacted it exactly the way I expected him to. Uh, my number one game of the year, 2023, is Aliens Dark Descent. It went from a game that infuriated and pissed me off all the way to the top of my list. I played through it three times. I've invested 115 hours into it. And I still haven't played the new game plus, which was just released uh, about a month ago. So I know I'm going to go into it again. I've gotten 46 out of 50 of the achievements. It just, it's so, it is janky. It's It's a very janky game, but it gives me so much of what I wanted. It's got, it does the XCOM uh, vibe, the strategy vibe, and it gets the universe, the uh, Aliens universe, really, really well. Um, I think Alien uh, uh, Isolation is the best Alien game. And I, honest to God, think this is the best Aliens game. I think it uh, it summarizes the squad, the 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 Space Marines aspect of because it isn't like other strategy games where you're just stockpiling ammo and just just absolutely taking out waves upon waves of foes. You have to choose your battles. You can't just sneak. You have to sneak around sometimes. You can't just take everybody down. You have to hide. You have to decide when it's worth it to blow things up and when it's worth it to run and hide. And both of them are equally valid. I think it's uh, it has a lot in common with games like darkest dungeon in the sense that you are going to lose people. And it's probably the first strategy game like this uh, that I've ever played. That was actually scary. Uh, it is a horror game without question. Uh, not quite, but it is. And it, and, 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 and uh, it's enough of one. Um, it's just a really, really unique game well you know what i take that back it's not unique in the slightest uh, it, it, it's it wears its uh inspirations on its face very very obviously uh anyone who goes into the marine customization section uh knows exactly what i'm talking about because this basically ripped whole cloth from XCOM, um and that's fine it sure. does all of those things well enough it has some jank to it that you're going to see with these kind of studios, but I, it's well worth it to me. Uh, and I just keep coming back to it. Uh, it is like uh, that ex who ruined my life. And I just keep coming back for one more squeezer in the back of my Chevy Malibu. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a motherfucker and aliens dark descent. Number one game of the year done. Just so you know, everybody, uh, Phil actually has multiple exes that has have ruined his life. Oh uh, God, like so many. Like, and like I, was, plenty. I was there for a few of them. So uh, yes, you were. Yeah, you, met <laughs> you were there. So I'm so I'm I'm immune to this kind of shit. I'm a nerd. I you can't fuck me up, Alien Start Descent. In fact, I love you. How about that? Oh God. So um, yeah, my number one is uh, is Baldur's Gate three. Uh, nice. <laughs> the, the, the choice of most respectable human beings everywhere. Uh, no, I get it. I played, you know, 30 <laughs> seconds of Aliens Dark Descent. <laughs> so I understand where you're coming from. Sure. Um, it crashed on me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure I even even bothered uh, playing it again. Um, 
Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, Baldur's Gate 3, amazing achievement by all the folks at Larian. I know it's... Um, it, Baldur's Gate 3 is such a heavy release that it... It is such a big gravitational body that it has generated a number of discourses just on its own. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the thing that can easily get lost in all of this is that Baldur's Gate 3 is an amazing achievement. And it took it a um, it took a genre in CRPGs, um, which, you know what? And it doesn't do anything really special with that genre other no. than, hey, we're going to make we're going to make it look good. We're going to make all the characters hot. We're going to give them all great voice acting. And uh, we're going to plan out just about every conceivable option that the... That's the big achievement, is that it was thoroughly mapped um, mm -hmm. so that it actually responds to almost <laughs> every conceivable option that you could you could choose at any given point i remember people posting something like where you could uh there's this part where there's um a halfling threatening to blow everybody up with this like powder or whatever and there's a way where you can like have one of your people steal the powder while she's talking about it <laughs> and she'll she'll like say she'll be like ha and now we all die and then she'll like look at her hand and be like what <laughs> just like little things like that i love that um and i know there i think the other thing that's really been cool about it is that they have been very amenable to feedback in terms of they you know great bug reporting you know they're they're constantly working on uh patching up the game making sure because it's a i mean i just can't imagine it's a monster it's a monster of a game and keeping that that monster of a game bug free has got to be a task in and of itself i can't um, believe how clean it was yeah it's crazy i mean the third act probably had the most uh clunkiness out of all of them sure. uh, uh of all the parts of the game but in terms of like a you know a really solidly finished product from beginning to end um it was it was really good um mm -hmm. and i think what i think there was some discourse around like you know people shouldn't be too used to this type of game i don't like i didn't agree in terms of this type of game in terms of like a a big you know fun crpg i do agree that it like don't pin your hopes on a company sitting there and mapping out every potential oh, choice yeah. that you can make in a game. I think that might be, that's kind of where some of that criticism comes from in terms of expectations, because it's like the game is basically an immersive sim in terms of the things that you can do. Like there's so many ways that you can get around obstacles. Um, you can, you could go and collect a bunch of barrels and you can just stack up the barrels and climb over them and get over a wall that way mm -hmm. instead of like anything else instead of fighting your way in or whatever you can you know just build some put some barrels up whatever it's a game that wants you to be clever and it, it wants, wants to you to be clever which that. is yeah. which is uh, the mark of any good dm um, big time yes and uh, amelia tyler is uh, my favorite dm you know yeah uh, whenever she says, um, uh, what's, oh, what, she, what does she say? Um, uh, when you, when the thrall power like activates, 
and um it's like one word oh fuck um uh is it dom domination or um she just has this one word that she says when you can just mind control somebody. And I'm just like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> she's got a beautiful voice. It's yeah, yeah. She does a wonderful job. Yeah. Yeah. So team um, Carlack forever. Team Carlack. Best mm. girl, Carlack. Best girl, Carlack. Come on. Come on. Though I have dated everybody. Um, yeah. well. <laughs> you little bitch. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's adorable though. I turned around. I didn't like him at first. I turned around on him. Yeah, he's, oh God. Yeah. He's just a little half, half full elf, full elf. Yeah. He's not a half elf. elf. He's a, he's a full elf vampire. vampire. Uh, and yeah. who, who, you know, who could say no to that? He's just a slutty little guy. Just a slutty little guy. Yeah. Just, just innocent men. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> which is normal vampires. Just normal. Just normal vampires. Just innocent vampires. Innocent vampires. <laughs> oh God! So that'll do it. That's Woo. it. That's a games of the year. Um, and this is Phil's going away episode for a little bit. Yeah, not permanently, but not but permanently. Briefly. briefly, when he's my, back, my, he'll have a yeah. fresh, fresh new babu. Ah, uh, yeah, I got, I got like a week or so on my hands before, uh, before I have a son. So, uh, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna take up a little bit of my time. But Kevin's gonna take very good care of you guys. We've got all kinds of cool guest uh, spots coming up. Yeah, uh, a lot of people that have never been on the show before, so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it'll be good times. So. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to send us some money uh, <laughs> to fund Phil's diaper funds. Yeah, uh, there you go. No. You, we, you could do that on patreon.com slash pixelitpod. We have three tiers, $1, $5, and $10. And $10 gives you a shout out at the end of every episode. And it's that time. It's that time. Friendly friend, you know what time it is. Oh, friendly friend. Oh, friendly friend. Thank you for being a yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being a friendly friend. Um, so yeah, go to our Patreon. Do that if you Patreon.com slash pixelitpod is too many words, too many letters. Just it's go to pixelitpod.com and you'll be redirected to our Patreon page. Uh, otherwise, at pixelitpod on all the social medias that you could think of, uh, go follow us there, and we have a Discord. Join our Discord. Yes. Join the conversation. A lot of good t- stuff talking about. I mean, we got that's how I found out that Henry Kissinger died. Yeah, it's it's you get all kinds of important information through our Discord, I've come to find. Is <laughs> our friend Tim just posting that Henry Kissinger died. And I was, you know See, what? I knew we could count on Tim. I'm glad I found I'm, out through him. That's that that seems I'm appropriate. Glad I found out through Tim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that'll do it for tonight's episode. Thank you guys for another wonderful year. Uh, And I really can't wait to see where 2024 takes us. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Have a good night. Good night.